This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Blog Talk Radio. Hey you guys, welcome to the Steel Wars live call-in show. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And for the next 90 minutes, we will be taking your calls on the week's Star Wars news and anything Star Wars you would like to chat about, you guys. If you want to call in, uh, the number is 646-668-8360. If you are international, I would suggest Skyping in and adding a plus one to the top of that number. But if you're listening live, the number is up there. We've already got a bunch of people on hold and we have got a very, very special guest. Some people that have been listening to this call-in show since the beginning would be just in tears of happiness that this man has risen to co-host status. He was a very controversial caller when he first called in, but... Over the shows, we've grown to love and appreciate this week's guest, Rob Russo, or as we belovedly know him as, Robbo. How you doing, mate? Pretty good, pretty good. Good to be here. It is good to be here. Now, I was um, talking to you online the other day, and uh, you do a podcast as well. Um, so I, I have a, I've been doing a podcast for about like probably five years now uh, for a website called Hardcore Gaming 101. Um, right now we're doing a thing called the, I've been doing it for about a year now. It's, uh, it's called the Top 47,858 Games of All Time, where we, <laughs> the conceit of the show is that we rank um, games that get nominated and uh, it, on an ongoing list. You know, so each, each uh, one, so we've got maybe like 300 done so far. Uh, so once we get to the, like the forty-seven thousand, I guess we we throw in the towel. But oh my ridiculous. god, that's crazy! Yeah, I'm I'm packing up my apartment this weekend, and there's just stuff everywhere. So it is kind of chaos. I normally do it at my desk, but currently my desk is a, a sea of boxes. So I'm at the coffee <laughs> table doing this. This is information you need. Now, actually, if you're in uh, Melbourne, I will be having a garage sale with many Star Wars things next Saturday. So uh, if you want to come to that, there's some sizzle. We can, you can come and record a podcast with me in person that's unrecorded. It's a little thing they used to call conversations. Hard to know. But as I always say, Robbo, is a conversation worth having if it's not worth recording? Tell me that. Um. I, I guess not. Hmm. Well, let's, for those that haven't been following your, your history through the, uh, the call-in show, um, explain um, how you've risen up the ranks of callers. How did your first call go, did you think? Well, okay, here's the, here's the thing. So when I first called in, I had heard precisely one of your shows. Uh, and I thought it was funny. And then you mentioned something in it. It's like, Oh, we, we do a live call in show now. And it just, uh, I think it popped up in my Twitter feed or something like that. And I was like, Oh, that'd be funny. I'd like to hear that. And I thought that was how you listened in. Um, 
So I just dialed the number and then I was connected immediately because I guess uh, there were no other, nobody else. and I was kind of taken off guard. And then you were having, uh, I think, some problems getting uh, Johnny Grosso was the co-host that time. And you were having problems getting him connected. So I just kind of, while you were trying to sort that out, filled up some time. And um, I, I come off as a bit combative, I guess. So <laughs> I was uh, being <laughs> facetious, but... Uh, <laughs> Like, I think like the, 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 the thing that sounds when I, when I listen to it again, which I don't really like listening to my own uh, voice, but um, I know it's, you can make your jokes now. Okay. No, no, no. All right. You, you forfeit that one. Um, easy, so, easy jokes like that. That's, that's fine. If, if you've already thought of it, it's not worth saying. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of, uh, uh, I have a old like Milton Berle joke book collection and his uh, ethnic jokes just has uh, blanks for the, uh, the ethnicity. So it's still in your own bigotry here. So, <laughs> classic Uncle Milty. Do you think that would work if you put in like Star Wars aliens? Oh, uh, like, you know about the, the Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that was like a... <laughs> It, it, I think the reaction was mixed. I didn't realize how big your audience was either. Like, I thought you were just some guy who had like, a, I'm doing a call-in show. And the fact that I got picked up right away reinforced that. And then you had the co-host who, who could not figure out how to use his phone and all that. And uh, I was like, this is a small time. I can just uh, vamp here while we're... <laughs> and uh, I, little did I know that... Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, but technically I am just a guy with a call-in show. Well, <laughs> it is it's true. Yeah, on some level, it's true. But um, it, it is as you thought. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I don't, know, I don't really know. I don't, I, I remember like, anyway, I was, what I was going to say is when I was listening back to it, I heard like there's a point where I think I say something like, you didn't, you know, I was asking you whether you'd ever heard of this or that or something like that. And you were, and it was a really obscure thing that nobody would care about. Even if you heard about it, you'd forget it. And, uh, and you're like, no. And I'm like, Oh really? How you got like a hundred episodes of a star Wars podcast? You did? That was, that was a, that was a joke. Um, if one of your comedian <laughs> buddies had done that on stage, everybody would think it was hilarious. But when some guy, nobody likes, <laughs> no, I mean, everyone it, likes Robo. Well, I think I tried to, I try to uh, uh, be be more um, careful about the my tone when I'm talking. I didn't really mean to. I, I realized how bad I sounded later on. I was like, "Oh God, if I I got to call in again just to prove I'm not like a monster." Um, <laughs> monster. <laughs> and uh, like some kind of like nerd monster who just like calls up and just uh, berates somebody he barely knows for not knowing like what happened in the story conference between George Lucas and Howard Kazanjian in 1982. You know, like why it was something you know, about princess Leia? It was something about princess Leia or, or something. Or oh, the, the princess oh, Leia was, was um, going to be, no, the sister wasn't going to be princess. It was going to be from some far off galaxy or something. Was that it? Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's not, it's not really, it's not, a, I mean, really, if anything, the joke was on me for actually knowing that kind of thing. So, um, <laughs> it's like, there's, you, you don't really get points for that in life. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, I've really like since then though, and I, I, I now, like I said, like, I think I came off a little bit, uh, you know, I, I think some people took it 
as a, as a joke as I had hoped. And then other people uh, did not. And um, I actually got to communicate with someone and found out there, you know, that I tried to, you know, apologize and, and uh, you know, try to get to know them. And, um, and everybody I, I met through, uh, through that experience was just so cool and, and so nice. And, and they, uh, they all forgave me and uh, I feel so, uh, I felt so much better. And that, and so I, 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 you know, now I don't, I, I love calling it. I, I think it's, um, I don't know. I, I kind of like your story because when you did call in and then hassle me that I had a hundred podcasts and I didn't know this obscure fact from the making of return of the Jedi book, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ditching this dude now. I'm just cause all I have to do is hit a button and, and you're done. Yeah. And I was like, let's just see what happens. And I, I, I kind of think that's an important lesson in life and on the internet is to not maybe sometimes like I, this is me. If someone like tweets something to me or writes something and it's slightly ajar, like I'm just like, where's this dude coming from? I will quickly work out the worst possible reason or meaning behind his tweet or their tweet or their Facebook thing and savagely attack. But I I do try and I recommend this is just to say, oh, what what did you mean by that exactly? And, and, And quite often they can... Then say, oh, that's not what I, I left out a word or something like that. And, yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, an easy, um, easy medium to get people the wrong way. Yeah, as someone who who sounds like a total butthole, no matter what I'm saying or doing, I I really appreciate that because uh, sometimes I just need like a second chance. Um, I can be, uh, you know, like how the there's that thing on Twitter, right, where it, you can't really you can't even italicize words in Twitter, so it's really hard to know whether you're reading something correctly or not, whether they're being sarcastic or trying to be funny and you give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'd say like maybe six, six to seven times out of 10, they, they really are. Okay. Um, I, but I have that problem with just, just how I talk and, uh, and it, it, uh, it's, it's partly my fault, but it's, I also just like, I kind of can't help it. I got to mute my phone here. I don't know. Like, if, if the crew members of The Ghost can forgive Ezra 20 times in three seasons, then surely we can forgive Robbo two times over two call-in shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, uh, that, that's, uh, that is, I don't know everything about uh, Star Wars, I, um, especially not like uh, the cartoons and stuff. I know mostly what you talk about, but I, I know you complain about that a lot. So I will say right on. <laughs> um, I think the, the the lesson I learned is that I uh, is that uh, your fans are great um, and uh, and very uh, nice, forgiving people who who all um, and I, I really uh, that felt really. I mean, I felt like I found like a really cool uh, group, and um, and uh, so it all it all worked out for the best. I think. Nice. Nice. And and I always like to point out they're Star Wars fans. They're just listeners of mine. They're my friends. They're not, yeah, I don't, I don't like any of that fan business. That's, that's weird. Star Wars fans. Speaking of Star Wars fans, speaking of forgiveness, I found this on, I don't go on Reddit much at all, Robbo, because I sort of don't, it, it's a little bit matrixy for me. It's a little bit too much coming at me. And it's also so unfiltered that, um, yeah, it's, it's not my thing. But I, I went on this morning. I have no idea why I went on this morning. And I decided to search for Your Snoke Theory Sucks. 
to see. Oh, I, I know why. Because the guy, David, got the tattoo. And I was interested to see if it had popped up on Reddit yet. And I don't even know if it has because I got sidetracked by finding this thread. And it is so many posts about how Pablo Hidalgo should be fired from the Lucasfilm Story Group because of the Your Snake Theory sucks sticker. <laughs> I, I have... See, there's an, an, an example of something that uh, you mean um, lovingly. And uh, it wouldn't be funny if you said... Um, your Snoke theory sucks. Just kidding. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, you gotta, like, you got, you got your comedy case in there. It sucks. You can't, you can't take that away. It's, it, that's what makes it funny. So, and it's not at anyone's, it's not at anyone's specific expense, you know, uh, expense, right? I think there are some times where we can make jokes that certain people uh, who are, you know, get a lot more crap in their lives than, than is, than is warranted, you know, for various reasons. Um, yeah, it can well, be kind of rightly so, but this isn't one of those situations, right? It's just, just everybody who has a Snoke theory, which is like, we yeah. all do. The, the joke is meant to be that even before I hear your theory, it sucks. Like that's like, do you know what I mean? Well, just the fact let me, let me spit this one at you and we'll see what you think. My theory right, is I just, that... I just want to get to this. I just want to get to this. this okay, go. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah, sorry. My, go my, my favorite part of um, the thread was, um, yeah, they're saying that he's disrespectful for fans for holding up a bit of adhesive on a uh, JPEG. And uh, someone writes, how is saying your smoke theory sucks is not disrespectful. It's an outright attack on what a person thinks. And then someone replies, because bleep, um, keep coming to him on Twitter and ask him stupid questions. It's not disrespectful. You know, it's just a joke. And then, oh, and, and the guy replying says, you know, he's probably just likes the joke because people, he's sick of people asking him the same idiotic questions. And then the guy that wants him fired replies with, have you never ignored someone bothering you? Which... Is tremendous irony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy that's no, bothering I, me I, I needs to learn to yeah. stop letting people bothering him. Yeah. I'm not going to ignore fired it, for but that. he should ignore it. <laughs> that's, that's how it always is. Stop being so sensitive. And then it says the person who's really gets upset when people question their beliefs. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, like you said, you, you don't usually go on Reddit because it is kind of like staring into it's like giving the, the Internet a colonoscopy. You're just staring into like the black hole of, of the human heart or something like that. It's like it's the worst. Oh, um, wow. Um, before, um, let's save your theory because we should get to some calls. Yes, please. And uh, so make a note to hit us with the theory. Maybe we can do that in uh, it, 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 it was a section. joke. Crappy theory. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Not funny. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of my tether with... It's, it's EV99, guys. It's him. He had a scratch on his, on his, on his helmet, on his head. He's a, he's a droid. So he's Snoke. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway... Let's have a quick run through of uh, some of the news that might inspire some calls via making Star Wars via the Daily Echo, which I 
would say is a newspaper of sorts. But the Han Solo story is currently filming at Frawley Power Station, where Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, that rogue word that um, held off the promotion of Rogue One, and it's a, it's sort of, it looks very, the photo of the power station looks very, um, like Thunderbirds modern. Like mm. like something that was very modern in the 60s. Yeah. And I think it actually says the power station was built in 1971. So I'm yeah. off by two years. It looks about right, yeah. So that's very exciting that we're filming, you know, and I am a, uh, a huge fan of, you know, using sets that are already established using existing uh, things to create a good backdrop. Do you know what I mean? Like, although we didn't see it that, that, that much in the actual film, you know, the, the Canary Wharf backdrop in uh, Rogue One, the train station in London, that, that was right. really cool. And it's also an added bonus is that you can get off the train and uh, take a photo of where Jin was edited out of running down the hallway. That's exciting. I'll never forget it. Now, you can be a deleted scene too. I've done it. I was there. Yeah. I was there. Star Wars News Net found an interesting thing, Robbo. Have you seen this pamphlet from, I believe, Japan? Yeah, Japan. That um, a promotional leaflet which teases a shocking truth. Now, um, the leaflet is, is very cool. Lots of um, Japanese text, which I love. The main photo, which is very interesting, is Ray standing uh, above the water with the waves. So if you actually look at the flyer, it kind of, it doesn't look that Star Warsy. It, you know, it, it just looks like a Japanese film, actually, probably because of the lettering. But, you know, you've got the, uh, a girl looking over this water. Then there's a little photo of Kylo holding his saber up. All photos from uh, the teaser. But I will, um, the text roughly translates, and this is courtesy of StarWarsNewsNet.com, to... The most shocking truth in Star Wars history will soon be revealed. A new generation's tale of struggles of light and dark, virtue and evil, has begun with the death of Han Solo. In a galaxy where First Order and the Resistance are fighting against each other in a war, the heroine Rey had the Force awaken within her. What will happen to the galaxy when Rey and the only remaining Jedi Knight, Luke Skywalker, meet? Kylo Ren has fallen to the dark side of the Force and killed his father, Han Solo. As a successor of his grandfather, Darth Vader, and a high-ranking enforcer in the First Order, where will his ambition lead him to? Furthermore, Kylo Ren's mother, the leader of the Resistance, Leia, Poe, Finn, and BB-8 will embark on a new mission. The story has finally begun! It began 40 years ago. Come on, pamphlet. Let's get with it. And it will lead to a mysterious climax. And uh, I'm sure there's some Green Guide Letter readers that wished I'd done that in the voice. But uh, no go. What do you make of all that, Robbo? Are you excited that the story after 40 years has finally begun? Um, Yeah. You know, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I I keep waiting for him to get going, you know. And uh, frankly, my patience is wearing a bit thin deal um so this is this is good you know what that reminds me of is like the uh, recap at the beginning of like every episode of like old japanese cartoons like they'd always have like a uh 
you know, telling you what happened in the last five episodes and it takes like three minutes of some very serious Japanese announcer guy. And that's the kind of stuff they say. So that's, that's pretty funny. Ah, I've never noticed that because all cartoons look the same to me. I don't judge them by their country of origin. They're just cartoons. Because oh, I'm more yeah. involved. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got some problems to work through. You know. All right. Let's uh, take a call. We have got the uh, the Patreon uh, Fast Pass. If you're a Patreon member, uh, $3 a month where you get all the bonus content. You get a Fast Pass onto the show. But I always like to go for the first person that's on hold to start things off. So that might be one of our members as well. But let's go to 405. Who are you and where are you calling from? This is Aaron from Oklahoma City. Aaron from OKCupid, a regular caller, and uh, you've appeared, you're on the uh, the blog pods at Celebration, hanging out with us. Yes. Uh, what's on your mind today, buddy? Uh, well, I was just, you know, going to call in and see if you guys had any questions for me. Um, come on, that's a little call back to Robbo. You remember when Robbo calls in and... and, and Pretty I much always forget my question. Down to, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm actually a 90-year-old man, Aaron. I forget a lot no, of things. That's, no, that's the thing is every time I call, I may have something in, like in the brain, maybe like ready to talk about. And then as soon as I hear everyone talking, it's it's all just gone. And then all of a sudden I hear 405 and I'm like, ah, okay, here <laughs> yep. we are. Me too. Yeah, it's, it's, that's how it always is for me. And I'm like, if I had something to say, I'm, I'm not going to remember it anytime soon. Here's my tip, right? You okay. think of something to say. You think of something to say, right? You go about to call in. You get this. You get a pen or a little the little note thing on your phone, and you write, "I'm calling hold about on, on. fighters." I, I, I got to get a pen to write this down. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> You're learning. Very good. Yeah, I, the, the, I'm, I, I am a fast learner. I am a fast learner. Um, do you have any idea what you were going to call in about? Uh, no idea at this point. I was just excited to uh, to call because I was like, man, this is like a whole episode of the bonus section for your supporter page. This is like a whole episode of the of the supporter section because that's because that's that's like the classic Robo thing. Call in five minutes before it's. It's closing time, and then you're like, okay, give us a sizzle, and then the next, uh, you know, the next 20 minutes or so in the supporter feed is, or, you know, is, is Robbo being yeah. himself, which is awesome. Thank you. Well, that feels is, really good. This is what I'm going to do, Aaron. I'm going to put you on hold. I'm, uh, we've got okay. Brittany. Brittany's up next from San Diego, from uh, the Casino Planet. Uh, we'll Casino go to her, Brittany, yes. and then we'll come back to you with a sweet question. Oh no, that's so much pressure. Okay, okay. All right, All right. writing it you down now. You guys do this. Yeah, get your pen out. Get your pen out. Space I'm getting pen. Why don't you space paper? All right. He's out of there. Let's go to Brittany uh, from San Diego. The six one nine. What's going on, buddy? Hey, nothing. How are you? I am good. Now, sometimes this gets. Um, 
in the uh, the bonus show, and if you don't know what we're talking about for the first uh, 45 minutes or so on the iTunes feed, it's all up, but then we save the second half of the show, which sometimes can be about an hour, for the Patreon. But if you are listening live, you do get it all, but quite often Brittany calls in with updates from her life working behind the scenes at a casino. Now, how has the week in casino life been? You know, it, it's been a good week. You know, recently, the other day, um, while I was at work, or I think a little bit after while I was at work, there was a murder near the casino. So that kind of, you know, that, that's never good. So I've been watching my eye. Yeah, yeah, murder's pretty bad. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of a bummer. But, you know, other than that, you know, casino life, you know, it has been... It's been normal, you know. Nothing really crazy going on in the casino, but just, just murder. murder. Just the murder. Okay, yeah, yeah. That seems pretty normal. All right. Well, what's on your mind in uh, the world of Star Wars? So uh, the the pictures from the Han Solo Untitled film were recently updated by or Jason put up some pictures. Also, I saw some on TMZ. Yeah, I Would believe they are. I believe they're TMZ photos, and then uh, I think Jason put little little hints of them with the link. But the weird thing is, when I went to TMZ to have a look at those, and, and the big photos wouldn't work for me, so I had to sort of Google, I don't know if too many people looking at the photos, but you sort of think that TMZ is used to the traffic. But uh, yeah, so they had some leaked photos. Um, TMZ have a bit of a decent track record. I remember they posted all those photos from Jakku um, many years ago now, it, it feels like, and I think we all thought it was Tatooine at the time. But uh, yeah, there's been a couple of leaked photos. I did love the um, the cars. Like yeah. The yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah. interesting. So there's all these... All these sort of speeders, guys, like sort of like, I, you know, variations of, of Luke Skywalker's one, but they're all just built on top of cars so they can drive them around. And why not? And then one would ima- Sorry? I said, why not? You smear some Vaseline on the bottom of the lens, you don't even notice. Well, I think they might have a, uh, an updated thing. Uh, no, no, now, all practical effects, deal. All practical effects now, Vaseline. <laughs> Vaseline is not a practical effect. It's about as practical as it gets. You literally apply it to the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it might be a post-production <laughs> practical effect, but it is, uh, it is practical is on the set. On the set. I have this with people all the time. If you scan in a model, shrink it down, and then put it in the background, that does not make it a practical effect. Getting a hose and making it rain on the set, that's a practical effect. An explosion on the set, practical effect. Miniature CGI'd in, not a practical effect. It's a practical miniature, but once it's scanned in, it ain't practical no more, my men. No more. I think the the term has changed its meaning, though, since then. No, it's just missing. Because people get something wrong, that doesn't change the meaning. That's how all meanings change, by people getting them wrong over and over and over again until it just becomes right. Oh, let's... This is getting too close to the world. 
Uh, so I'm veering away from such debates. But I, anyway, back to the point. I thought it was really cool that they built the speeders on top of cars because they can jump in and out of them and, and drive around and, you know, it's going to add an extra sense of realism for the actors, which gets a better performance. But Brittany, what was your favourite photo out of all of them? My favourite was seeing Alden and his weird space hair. I don't like it. I don't like his hair. <laughs> The favorite was the one you don't like the hair on? The, the <laughs> yeah, because that was the most memorable I, what? Yeah. The best one was the one that with the terrible hair. What is up with that? <laughs> I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> What's wrong with his hair? It looks it looks too big. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like terrible explaining, but there's just something about it that's just you know, maybe I'm just judging early. Maybe I'm just judging early. But it's just, I don't think Han Solo would get his hair done like that. But, you know. I've got, I've got two defenses, Brittany. I've got two defenses. Yes. My first one is um, very nerdish. And I would say that to craft his hair, they went off out of the two variations of the Kenner original Han Solo figure. They went for the big head version. Um, if you're a vintage Star Wars collector, you'd know there's two different versions. There's one where his head looks about two times too big for the rest of his body, and then they brought out another one, and I think they sculpted his hair off that big head version. That is a, uh, a nerd reason. But here's my out-of-universe, real-life version, is almost every male friend of mine... During their late teens, early 20s, you did go through a big hair stage. Whether it was big curly hair or they grew their hair out or um, went for an extended bowl cut, Steel Saunders style. So that's just good. He might just be going through a phase there, you know? He's just going through his big hair phase. And then later on, you realize, oh, to cut this short. What am I doing? And that's what he went and did. So I think this is a very natural progression through the adolescence of uh, Han Solo, the character. What do you make of that excuse, Brittany? That's fair. You know, I like your first comparison about how the um, Kenner figures are looked like that. But, yeah, that's, that's fair. You know, I, I have a different perspective on that now. So thank you, Steele. <laughs> So, so now that wow. you've come to terms with that, is it still your favourite photo, or because your anger has dropped, that you've moved on to be angry about the tyres on the cars on the yeah. speeders? Yeah, you know, I, I like his face in the picture. He looks either angry or concentrated, so, you know, it, it's still my favourite picture. Okay. Right. I'm confused, but... Um <laughs> no, um, I mean, what, how many years does this take place before Star Wars? If Star Wars is space 1976, then this would be like space 1972 or something. So the hair would have to be bigger. Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah, you're right. They'd have, I mean, really, if anything, his sideburns are way, way too tame. Like, they should be like huge mutton chops. Um, I know that was the thing that looks the most weird. I'm looking at I'm looking at the picture right now, and yeah, he should you know have he should look kind of look like Hot Palace, but you know, not just me. <laughs> well, the other thing is that um, 
the film does cover six years of his life. So you also have to have an open mind that maybe through the course of the film, he'll be big-headed Han, and then he'll be little-headed Han. We might get multiple heads. This is interesting. <laughs> you track his maturity as a character by like how, how uh, ridiculous his hair gets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's if you look through photos of me growing up, you can do that exact thing. It's 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 great. Now, Brittany, you're in San Diego, and um, I, I I did sizzle to you, but there is a good chance we'll be doing a live uh, podcast event during San Diego Comic Con. So I hope to see you down there, buddy. I'm not I'm not coming all oh, this way to then know. have you have you to have you say you were stuck in the casino. <laughs> oh no, trust me. But once the day comes out or once you release the day that you're gonna be there, I will either request it off ASAP or you know, maybe I'll be sick. Or you know, works you know, maybe I'll have to call work and be like, Hey I'm sick but you mm. never know. You can call in that you've got an acute case of murder. Yeah. Yeah, so there you, you go. It just happens all the time. all right Brittany. thanks so much for calling in thanks for your support of the uh the patreon content club and um we hope you have a safe week at the casino this week so you can call in next week oh i'll be there all righty i'll call back (laughs) steel you realize if she's not there next week we have to go out looking for her (laughs) i know know. we have to seek revenge I have to print up all these Britney Have You Seen Him stickers. It's just seen her. I'm going to have to change the font. This is going to be really annoying. Oh, well. All right. Well, just get home safe, Britney. Come on. Okay. I will do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go back to Aaron. Does he have a question? I actually have two questions, and one of them is small. So we'll start with the big question first. Steel, what is... What do you think is going on with Lando? Do you think that they're saving him for something? Do you think that they have plans for Lando as far as Billy D. Williams coming back in the current timeline? Because I, we saw that, that the photo of Alden Ehrenreich and uh, Harrison Ford and Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams. Like I just, I, and I know that that's probably for Han Solo, but I just, I feel like if they're still on good terms with, Billy D, like, why not try to work him back in? And I could see that being a big surprise in one of the next two movies. I kind of think we're not seeing Ewoks again and we're not seeing Lando again. That, that party was say la vie, Lando. Um, I know he pops up in Empire's End, although I have not got to that part of the book as yet. But yeah, I just would you, you want to is like it like a story back. reason that you think he's not coming back or is it like a practical reason? I think it's both. I I sort of now that they went like a movie without him and you know like um Billy D Williams much respect but he he is like like is he up for doing Lando again in a way that's a parody of Lando, like, you know, like he's done all these, um, you know, the robot chicken style parodies of Lando and stuff, which is great. But I, I just, 
I have a really hard time picturing him back in the movie. But um, that's it? my gut feeling is okay. we won't see him. Yeah, I mean, it could do a disservice to how we, you know, last saw Clint, uh, the Lando clapping giddily with the uh, the Ewoks on Endor. I mean, we, uh, and, you know, who knows what happened. I mean, I guess we see him in, 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 the, in, the, in the books he pops up, like you said. But I, have, I haven't read any of the books yet, any of those books yet. But I just, I would like, I, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. I would like to see Lando again, but I don't know. I see what you're saying about Billy D. Williams being up for it. Like, I, I, see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, here's, the, here's what I would add to this, um, which is that I didn't realize, like, I asked this question maybe a few months ago without realizing how old Billy D. Williams is. He was born in 1937. Um, he is, uh, so he, it's not like just like getting Carrie Fisher to come back or something like that. This is, this is a bigger deal for him. And although he, uh, you know, so he's 80 years old right now. And I think that if well, from he was a, good in empire. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he, I he had no idea he was that old. That's, that's crazy. That's yeah, awesome. he was, I mean, he was, uh, yeah, everyone but, looks good in empire. Even the Wampa looks good. Yeah. The guy from Cheers looks pretty good. Um, the uh, yeah, but I mean, so I think that there might be an issue with um, uh, just like if they. I hate this. I don't like saying this kind of thing because, of course, it, it, this can happen at any time. But you know, they don't know how long his, his health is going to keep up, and when you have to plan things out like three years in advance, I mean, it's it's hard enough when you have uh, 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 a star cut down in in, in the you know in in the prime of her life, just about, you know, it changes everything and it makes the movie probably more expensive to insure. Um, I mean, there's, there's in the, I, I mean, I'd imagine they'd have to write two versions of the scenes he's in just in case, cause his health might not, might not be there. But I, I think it's for story reasons. I, I, I don't see any problem with like having a, a character be old. Like Harrison Ford was an old man <laughs> in force awakens. And it, it was great because, he was supposed to be old. And so if they do something but, where Lando is supposed to be kind of like kind of old in, and in the, in the, you know, the, 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 uh, November of his years, so to speak, uh, I think it would, would be okay. They just got to do something with it, but I don't know whether they're going to do it for, for practical reasons. But yeah, to be I, fair, to be fair, nobody ages like Harrison Ford. I mean, <laughs> Steel, you've been the closest to him of, of everyone listening now. So, I mean, you can attest to how great that that man still looks. Oh, my God. I remember being face-to-face with Harrison Ford, and it was at the Sydney Opera House, and, you know, people around the world know the Opera House, and there was Harrison Ford in the middle, and then there was the the Opera House on one side, there was the Harbour Bridge on the other, but I could only see one icon in the middle, do you know what I mean? Like, his, his, the only thing that glistened more than his diamond earring were those, those beautiful eyes. And I, I was captivated. I actually did in my head, while talking to him, I did a screenshot in my mind. You know, how you, like on an iPhone, you can hold two buttons and it screenshots your phone. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I actually, while I was talking to him, just like, just capture this, like, memorize this moment take it all in take it all in take it all in and uh oh yeah it was um it was breathtaking and and robbo i'm not saying not have him 
in the movie because he's old and you know like of course you know Alec Guinness was old and 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 you know Harrison Ford but he just seems very like station like like old in real life that like they they they'd have to use him very sparingly like he's not um you know he's sitting on a couch Wait. You know, yeah, he, he had he, he he had some he had some leg issues or something recently. Yeah, like some knee knee problems or something. So I mean, I'm sure that that you know certainly. I would just use it. Put him in like a space wheelchair. We've seen those before. There's precedent for that. Like just make it like so. Lando like uh, is a survivor of like a space pirate attack or something, and he's uh you know he he uh, he's too proud to like put on prosthetic legs, and so you just. Uh, he he just uh, shows how cool he can be just hovering around. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's even more disrespectful than. <laughs> but I don't I don't know. I'm just saying. Like I, I I'm not saying that you, you were saying anything derogatory towards him, Steele. I, I know that you weren't. But um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I I love Lando uh, so much that it it uh, does. I, I guess I'm just coming up with any any excuse to bring him back in, but um, well, here here's what I pictured in my head when you were talking about that Lando in a space wheelchair with Lobot pushing it. That's what I pictured, like Lobot pushing uh, Lando around Cloud City. How radical would that be? Like, uh, I mean, dude, Lobot. Like, I love me some Lobot. Get some more Lobot Aaron, in there. are you just going to hand out your theory and then every five words just go, Lobot? Because <laughs> uh, you're just so amped on Lobot. <laughs> who's not amped on Lobot? Everyone, ev- come on, everyone is amped on Lobot. That guy is I don't think Lobot's amped on Lobot. Lobot seems pretty not into the whole Lobot thing. He's over it. He's like, over Lobot. find a corner and power down, you know? Okay, now, okay Aaron, Steel, was, I know you have. Wait, was that your I know you question have, or your long question? I'm very concerned. That now. was You're my really that up. was my long question. I, I was just getting to that because I know you have other other callers. So here's my quick question. This will be easy. In the Last Jedi, what is the one thing you want to see Luke Skywalker do? What? Oh, come on, dude. Do you listen on. to the show? <laughs> I. I, I Guys, I haven't heard hashtag ignite the green one time this show. I'm trying to work it in. It's not bingo, dude. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to wait until the catchphrases come out. That that would be interesting. Well, I, I I I saw um you know they they I saw for celebration someone put up like celebration t-shirt bingo of of all the t-shirts you'd see or the or then it was quite uh it's quite funny and I I think there could be a very obvious. Um, steel, listening to Steel Wars Bingo and Ignite the Green would be um, an easy one to get. Of course, it's 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 all I want. You can you can have Lobot, you know, giving Lando walking a walking stick for all you want. You can give him, you know, whatever you want to do with Lobot. That's fine, Aaron. But Luke Skywalker has to be in peril. His friends have to be in peril, and that's when he makes the choice. It's time to ignite the green. What if Lobot ignites the green? Like a green diode on the side of his scalp? And (laughs) that's all we heard from Aaron. He is now back in the depth (laughs) 
laughing on hold. His robot fanaticism got in the way of coherent Star Wars chat. Let's go to 585, and it's Colleen from upstate New York on the Patreon Fast Pass. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Good. I am well. Now, you've had an exciting week, courtesy of uh, Steel Wars live chat lurker Stephen Stanton. What's going on there? Uh, I was lucky enough, along with Emily Lindo, to win uh, one of his signed Radis figures and have a very, very wonderful chat with him last night. Very, very cool. Now, I'm hearing rumors. I don't normally fall for this internet chatter, this hearsay, you know, this word of mouth. But is it true that that Stephen Stanton is is running about the internet doing some hokey (laughs) Steel Saunders impression? What's going on with that? I wouldn't say it's hokey. I've heard some steel. I've heard some steel impressions in my time, and I gotta say, Dan has it down. Yeah, if, if right. he can fill in for you sometime, this could this could really pay off. <laughs> you, know, you might want to take a break, and you can just have like the, you know, the the steel Tarkin Radis hour. Just have him talking to <laughs> himself. Oh my god. I it. I'm sure you would. What's on your mind in the world of Star Wars today, Colleen? Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh it's kind of a it's, it's an interesting question. Uh if you had to kiss, marry and kill uh Luke's green lightsaber, the Millennium Falcon, and R two D two. What? Who would you choose for what? Oh, easy, easy. I've got it sussed. I've got it sussed. Um, I would marry R2-D2 because I think he would be a very supportive life partner. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like he's always there for yeah, you. Okay. It's I'm having trouble with this. He's like, beep, boop, boop, up, And a little hand comes out he and, he, and he help helps. And listen. Yeah. And oh, then yeah, like, listener. and then from like a physical like thing, like... Who knows what other little gadgets he's got inside his little droid, um, <laughs> you know, cylinder there, you know. It could be, I'm sure he comes fully equipped, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, so that would be my marry. I would kill the Millennium Falcon because it had its adventures. And kiss. Oh, yeah. I would give that, that green lightsaber a sweet tonguein. Sounds like you're gonna. You sounds like you're gonna do yourself in, Steel. It's like it's time to kiss the lightsaber. <laughs> Open wide. Goodbye, cruel world. You just have this like cauterized hole through the back of your skull. No, it'd be more like a. <laughs> I love you, green lightsaber. <laughs> love you, love you, love you. Love you. Like you that thing out. Mm. So um. That is uh, a very, uh, what a creative question, Colleen. That is fantastic. Uh, anything else for us today, buddy? Um, the only other thing was I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty pumped that Mace Windu's getting a solo Marvel comic, and uh, I was wondering what you guys thought on that. I think this party's over. That's what I think. 
<laughs> I love that line. That line is so dope. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones gets so like like dissed, but I love. The, I think that line's cool, man. I I remember popping big for that in the uh, in the cinema. I thought that was sick. You don't really? like that one, Robo? Uh, no. I mean, it sounds like it belongs in like like Lethal Weapon 5 or something like that. It's not like Star Wars oh, at all. On. Especially coming it's out of like Samuel L. Jackson. It's like, you could have him say, they don't, he doesn't, why would he say that? Because he's the party's over, Jackson. man. This party's over. Like how I snuck up here with nobody noticing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And now I'm going to fly down to the floor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like those two, like, I don't think so. That, that thing, I feel like those two lines are... He didn't think they so! Just, he he disagreed! So, and instead, he said, I don't think. You said one thing, I disagree. I don't think so. That, that to this me is party's like, like, over. <laughs> there is a are, curfew on not. your partying. Okay, Time's uh, all right. up. I give up, I give up, all right. They're, they're great <laughs> lines that definitely would not have been written by anybody else. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, Robbo. I feel like I've made your party over now. Uh, yeah, in Aww. a way, yes. No, I... Wait, wow. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're good lines, man. Yeah, you know exactly what movie they're from when you hear it. So you go down the street. I don't think so. I know. Mace Windu. I know that one. Oh, man. The, um, speaking of Lethal Weapon, you know um, the Lethal Weapon Star Wars connection? No. Enlighten me. George Lucas, bizarre cameo in Lethal Weapon 3. Oh, no, that's Beverly Hills Cop 3. Sorry, that's Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> totally different movies. Yeah, but they're the same. They're kind of similar. Yeah, you know? I, I can see what a you're cop, saying. A cop playing by his own rules over many different films. They're both films in which somebody would definitely show up and say, this party's over. <laughs> yeah. It's party's over. over. I, I'm I don't about this one. So. This comic sounds interesting. Does he fight, like, yeah, non-robots but- in it? Do you know? Does he fight, like, non-droids? Like- Based on the cover <laughs> art, he uh, only fights droids. So. Oh, well, I've seen that. How's <laughs> Robbo? What a sicko! Does he does he slash some meat? I want to see some flesh. Get what? Yeah, does, does he behead other people? Uh, These robot deaths do nothing for me. They're just not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. I I look. I, I hope it's great. I hope it's great. I um I, I find it interesting that you um you call out those two lines. Whereas, in the next 20 minutes, several of the worst lines in Star Wars clearly are spoken. Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, I, there, there are plenty of lines in Star Wars that are kind of, uh, kind of clunky. Um, even, even on the ones that Lawrence Kasdan rewrote, there are a couple that just stay in there. And, uh, but th- there's a difference between like, clunky lines that you would only hear in Star Wars and lines that just sound like they were phoned in on, on the bus on the way to work, you know? Like th- those are, that's, that's what really gets that. Honestly, those are the lines I remembered from the movie. Probably. I didn't remember, uh, you know, for, for years. 
anything else from it. I just remember Samuel L. Jackson said those two things and it, it took me even further out of it than I, than I was at that. Like, cause that was after the, I think, as I recall, that comes after the like droid factory video game, uh, you know, thing, which, yeah, it does. Yeah. Which, which is another, like, you know, that, that was, that was a rough one for me as a, as a movie goer. Um, I guess I should have, at that point, I should have been like, you know what, whatever, like they can say whatever, you know? So yeah, this party's over. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I like how it had a double meaning for you. Yeah. It is. He probably does say that at about the point that every other Star Wars movie ends, I think. It's like at like two, min- two hours, 15 minutes. This party's over. <laughs> and then it, but then it goes on for like another 25 minutes. <laughs> I, it, I wish it's that was the quote. line that you hear in every movie instead of the, I got a bad feeling about this. I wish it was just, <laughs> this party's over. This party's over. <laughs> I love it. Love yeah. it. Oh, man. So there was, um, back to Colleen's uh, question or a bit of news she brought up. There was two Star Wars comics announced this week. There was the Mace Windu, which is that going to be an ongoing series? Is that another one? Of, oh, yeah, five issues, according yeah, to Star Wars, StarWarsUnderworld.com. And... Um, then there's a Rogue One, Cassian and K2SO, uh, a one-shot uh, comic about um, about how those guys met up and became little buddies. So that's very exciting. I, I like the, the one-shots, the short ones. That It's sort of, I like get in, tell your story, and then the party's over. Yeah. <laughs> I do think so deal yeah i do i like those i like those because you don't have to deal with all the they don't waste time on just like filling up panels and just adding in little things that don't even contribute to the story they're succinct and we know how it's going to end i i have to say the um the cover art image they've provided it's it's Robbo's nightmare. It's a, a swarm of battle droids getting thrown away, like just so many of them, and then Mace Windu's in the middle. So it is exactly... <laughs> the party's not over, according to Mace Windu on this cover. Oh, here, here's, here's, here's the, the cut line that he was going to... No, wait. This party's just getting started. Right? <laughs> it's right in, right? Wow. Right. That sounds like a Mace Windu line, doesn't it? I think you've been listening to too much pink. <laughs> There's never too much. Oh, never too there much. Is. There is. There is. But I like the... Um, I think Marvel has done a good job with their, their prequel era stories, like the, the Obi-Wan and Anakin, the flashbacks to Anakin training on Coruscant. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. All the stuff that they do when they go back to the prequel eras always impresses me with how many really like they're all this. It just amazes me that 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 Lucas decided to pick the moments in that history that he did to make movies out of, because it seems like there's all these other really fascinating things that you could I kind of want to know about. Like, what was it like, like eight year old or nine year old uh, Anakin training? uh, You know, he's like away from his home. Uh, you know, that, that's like that. There's a story there. There's like an emotional story there. 
Um, so, yeah, good on them. Yeah, it is weird when you think, like, the Clone Wars was the most amped up thing, like, in the original trilogy. Like, you know, they talk about the Clone Wars, and it's just like, oh, yeah, I want to see that so bad. Clone Wars. Like, what does it even mean? Like, is it who's it a clone of? Like, has everyone got doubles? Is it like that Michael Keating film? You know, what is happening? <laughs> I'd like to see the 12th generation copy of the Ben Kenobi <laughs> Exactly. Like, more like exactly. more like a Gary Beauty, really, at that point. Just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's the photocopy of a photocopy. And, um, and then when they actually went to do the prequels, you know, Attack of the Clones ends with Begun the Clone Wars Have. And then yeah. Revenge of the Sith starts with like, <laughs> yeah, the, that's the Clone Wars. They were good. Yeah, and, and, wow. and it seems like they got a pretty good TV show out of out of all that stuff that that could have uh, you could have done that would have been really really exciting. Um, yeah, and 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 you know and that you can say that like it all got filled in on the in the cartoon, but it's like but the original intent was the film, so it it is sort of weird that they just went. <laughs> Nothing to see here, little Clone Wars. They just, yeah, it's it just all right. didn't seem like yeah, it didn't seem like if you were if you plotted out the whole thing in advance, every Clone Wars episode, all the comic books and stuff, and then in the movies, and you said, okay, you can make three prequels out of this stuff. Like, I don't know that, I don't know who else would have chosen the like. Let's do the, the where he gets married. That's key. We'll do where um, he, uh, he's just kind of there and he, he wins a race and then sticks around, I guess. I don't know. And then we'll do at the very end. So they got like one exciting part, but like the other two seem like if you could tell these crazy fun adventure stories, to me, that's like, that's what he would want to do. I, I'm, I, I wonder whether he, in a way, like the Clone Wars is his way of saying like, you know, I really should have done this. Like, because he's, you know, he's not a guy who just... Uh, George Lucas, he's not the kind of guy who, who is overly reverential to his past work. So, like, he, he I always... Think he, I think he almost forgot the name of his franchise. Uh, yeah. Star Wars. And well, then he proceeded to do no wars. I mean, I'm not going to... I don't want to... Because when I say that, that, to me, they're not the most exciting parts of the timeline. That's not... There's plenty of other people out there who, especially, uh, there are a lot of... Uh, uh, young girls who got really into the series at that point because it was telling a story that had, um, you know, I don't want anything like a stereotype. Like this, certain girls don't want any of this, but you know, it had like there was a love story there that is uh, you can kind of it, it's something to latch onto that's just not like nonstop droid violence, you know. So no, I mean I totally understand because that was literally me. I like grew up on the right. sequels like the first star wars i ever saw was the phantom menace right so if for me to say like that's not what i wanted to see it's like well you know like they were never going to be my favorite movies and why maybe they should be a totally different thing that get somebody else into star wars that they've already got my money so you know what i mean like it, yeah. it, it yeah. why not get you in there so it's you know i because I, I sound like an old curmudgeon but i do recognize like i don't like saying like oh this is bad and you you're wrong for liking it because it's ridiculous like you wouldn't be you know if 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 it didn't resonate with you you wouldn't be here today and telling us I all know, about I the casino to... you know like i and the murders and everything that wasn't me oh no that wasn't you that was oh my oh, sorry i just uh yeah sorry it's called, yeah you're you're Bravo. in upstate new york that's right i'm so sorry Bravo. i'm so sorry 
I thought I had a great oh segue to, to tie it all up, and I blew it. I'm sorry. You're, you're in upstate New York, and you called in uh, last time and had uh, one of your crazy friends. Yep. Don't want to uh, Okay. See, it. I remember. I remember you called in. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Oh, my God. Robbo, you know the backstories of, of how the Star Wars films were made and the callers. That's crazy. Yeah, but, but I don't remember that when it counts. <laughs> in, I um, so bad now. I think um, I think Robbo has, um, apart from showing that he's so sexist that all girls sound the same to him, has um, also shown that he's never going to get a job writing the blurbs on the back of Blu-ray covers. Like his 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 description of Phantom Menace is, "Boy wins race, sticks around for a while, I guess." <laughs> Do you know why you're still there what after that? Because I don't. What sizzle? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a filler text until someone smarter comes along and writes yeah, something Yeah, it's like good. a Laura Mipsum on there until somebody like, you yeah. know, Hebert and Roper speak up. <laughs> sorry, um, Colleen. Well, I'm so sorry I got you mixed up. It's, that, that was, there's no excuse. In a, I am a horrible, horrible person. Well, oh, Robbo. I, um... I thank you for your call, Colleen, and uh, we're going to wrap up the uh, the iTunes section. But if you're listening live, stick around because we will go into the Patreon section for patrons and those listening live. But I thank you for your call, Colleen. So we ended uh, this part of the show on one of my favorite things, and that is Robbo embarrassingly backtracking on what he just said. It is, is one of my yeah. favorite things to hear on the show. So I appreciate you giving uh, Robbo that opportunity. My pain I'm so is glad funny. I can contribute something so meaningful to the show. <laughs> well, I'm it so is. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> It is great to uh, hear from you, Colleen. Congratulations on the figure from Stephen Stanton. If you guys aren't following uh, Stephen Stanton on Twitter, he does all this awesome stuff for the Starlight Foundation, and pretty much you just got to follow him and Starlight Foundation and drop a retweet, and you can be a figure uh, winner. He's doing. He's done a lot of photos. He's done. Um, what was he sending out? A ton of. I think it was, he had like a, a, a DVD or Blu-rays or something that he was... Blu-ray, that was yeah, it. Yeah, the, the and Target now exclusive. Doing, now he's doing signed Radis figures. I'm not sure. He must be just lurking in Toys R Us's waiting for these deliveries. <laughs> I think um, they give them to him. I think... Because uh, I remember reading in Al Guinness's books that he said like he got like a crate of Obi-Wan figures. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with <laughs> Well, um, I don't know. I'm not sure if what they did in 1978 still applies to today. But uh, who can say? Who can say? But thanks so much, Colleen, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah, Yeah, I don't accept your apology. (laughs) Okay, I deserve it. I deserve it. Now, as before we go in to the uh, the bonus time for patrons, Robbo, where can the good people of the internet track down yourself, your output? Well, I'm I'm on. Uh, if you just want the raw feed straight from straight from the uh, Robbo noggin, that's on uh, Twitter at GC9X. Um, just for 
it makes no sense, but they're on there. And uh, you can check out my podcast, Hardcore Gaming 101, wherever fine podcasts are streamed. And uh, maybe, maybe uh, I, I, I'm still working on a pilot uh, podcast, uh, more Star Wars related. You can find the first four episodes, I think, in the safe haven, thanks to Lindo. Um, so if you, if you uh, listen to that and you like it, uh, tell, uh, tell, tell some people who, who, uh, how much you like it, and then maybe I'll, I'll get uh, picked up. So. You know, you can just, anyone can start a podcast. You don't, you don't need to be, I don't like up. promoting it that much, to be honest. I'm kind of lazy. So I just, want, <laughs> I, I just want, uh, uh, I, I just want to kind of skip ahead in line. I feel like I've been doing this for five years. I don't, I don't want to start from, start from zero. Oh, uh, here we go. The, the yeah. privilege. It's, the yeah, privilege. it is. It's true. It's, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm at ease with how disgusting of a human being I am. And, and, uh, oh, Robert, Robert, <laughs> but it, Robert. Come on. Uh, Let's not go into a shame spiral now. I do like, I was very impressed because I have to be such a, um, a constant self-promoter to, to get the podcast out there that you said, I don't like to promote too much and i was like oh that's so humble but then you said i am lazy and i was just like uh yeah it's true yeah. Yeah, i should have just, just stopped while i was ahead yeah uh, you seem so um pious there for a moment um yeah. but uh for everyone in the chat room keep listening and uh, we'll go into bonus time i know steven stanton's in there talking pinballs i believe which is very exciting he said he voiced um, a Batman pinball, which I probably played because I am a huge pinball guy. Um, there won't be a call-in show next week. Um, hopefully the week after. I'll be back in LA by then, but I've just got a lot of packing up to do, so I'm going to leave the week clear. So uh, thanks so much for everyone listening on iTunes, and uh, how about we go into that sweet bonus section and get to some more gold. Hey, you guys. Stick around, because due to my travel week, I'm heading back to LA this week, there will be no regular episode of the Steel Wars podcast, because I'm someone who gets guilty if I only provide one free podcast a week, I've decided to open up the supporter bonus section for this week for you guys to enjoy as well. And it's a very special bonus section because we get another call-in from our guy, Stanto, Steve Stanton, Admiral Raddus in Rogue One, Tarkin in Rebels, he joins us to talk Star Wars and to debut his new Steel Saunders character. And hey, if you enjoy the bonus content for just $3 a month, our Patreon Content Club level will unlock over 250 hours of great top shelf Star Wars content. Tons of full-length interviews, special supporter-only episodes, live comedy, movie commentaries, regular Q&As, and so much more. Test it out for a month. See if you like all the content. It all gets delivered through a secure RSS to your podcast app of choice. And while that might sound very technical, it actually takes about 10 seconds 
to set up on your phone or other communications or computing device. In brackets, it's really easy and really quick. So check that out at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. There's links in the show notes. There's links on steelwars.com. And while you're visiting, and if you want to check out some merch, we've got the uh, Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirts. I'm with Snoke, the Yubnub, the Luke Skywalker tribute. Have you seen him? And so much more. Many ways for you to support the little podcast so I can afford to keep making it for you. Enjoy the bonus section. And may that force be with you. Alrighty, we have got 314. Who are you and where are you calling from? What's up, guys? It's Eric in St. Louis. Eric hey. Struthers. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, really enjoying listening to Robbo get beat up on the Collins show. <laughs> it's, it is pretty fun. It's fun for me, too. It's kind of like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> Now, Eric, you, um, for those that, that may not know, you do a lot of behind-the-scenes work on Steel Wars, as well as you're doing your own uh, great podcast, The Bad, Bad Motivators. Um, what have you heard so far in the show that you're just like, oh, I'm going to have to edit that out? I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> Probably uh, most of uh, Aaron from OKC's call <laughs> straight out the window. <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. No, no. I tell you you what, man. You can't abuse this power. You can't abuse this power for your own (laughs) personal vendettas. (laughs) Man, I love that guy. Are you kidding? He's my buddy. You've got to be be true to the content. You've got to be true (laughs) to the content. Always, always. I the think um, I have to do so. Oh, Eric, um, here's Aaron talking, and he walks up from behind him with his little editing program and says, "This party's over." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens. <laughs> and, uh, and Aaron goes, "I've got one more question," and Eric goes, "I don't think so." I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and and oh, I'm just following oh, the chat. Yes, Stephen Stanton, this is the sweet bonus section. Enjoy it. Chomp on you know, it. I, uh, if if we're uh, running, if we have extra time, I do have a uh, a uh, Stephen Stanton uh, request to make, but I don't want to interrupt uh, uh, Eric's uh, question. All right. Well, we'll I, I'm maybe, intrigued maybe, by that. Maybe we don't get there. Who knows? But uh, yeah. But, but do you have a question, Eric? <clears throat> I actually do. Um, have either of you guys read the Thrawn novel that came out just right before Celebration? No. I, is, is, it, is it good? Uh, um, I just finished it today. I'm embarrassed that it took me as long as it did to read it. Um, it's, it's good. I won't go into a ton of detail, but like there's a couple of things in there that make me wonder, are we getting to the point where if you don't read this and consume this media, you'll never know what's going on in the big picture. Um, you know, we've said it before, the movies always need to be able to 
stand there by themselves, you know. But th- there was a couple things that happened in this that makes me wonder if the, the direction they're heading is going to have more to do with that. Can you give us, like, an example? I'm really curious about this. Me too. <sighs> well, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything too spoilery if I say this, but, like, um, Thrawn hints to an evil that's bigger than anything anyone's ever known, much bigger than the Empire could have ever been. A couple things happen in the book that, like, do we do we need to have this knowledge to make the Last Jedi work out? You know, um, there there was a mention that you know you know just something along those lines. It wasn't like crushing you over the head, but it it definitely definitely looks like there's more of that. Hmm. I think the short answer is no. I don't think we're ever going to get to that point because they're not. Like the, the the theatrical, you know, really the the feature films, I think, are never going to not be for the widest possible audience. I think the most you're going to get, like, the biggest shout out they've done to like non theatrical stuff is is Saw Gerrera, who I am convinced that if it wasn't Forrest Whitaker, would have been cut out of that movie entirely because he kind of, you know, they they had a huge name actor and they promised everybody he'd be there, and it's kind of like when you finally see it because of the changes, it's like, oh, I don't know. But even that, like it has no, you, you gain nothing from knowing who that guy is supposed to be. Really. It's just kind of like a shout out. It's like, it's cool for, for, for fans of the show, but I don't, I don't know whether you're getting more, you're going to go out of shout out territory because they don't want to, they don't want to, um, I don't think they want to like nail themselves down for what's going to have to happen in the future. Uh, yeah. And I, I think you're saying, I think, Eric, you, you sort of answered your question with your question, saying that Thrawn hints at, hints at it, and it's like, well, it's just a hint. Like, it's Could not... Could be anything. I guess that's true. It's, 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 it's not a reveal. It's just a, like, you know, like, it's just, it's just that. It's just a hint. It's just a little seed that may or may not get picked up. Um, reading it, Eric, would you say that you take this hint as he's talking about Snoke or is it a reference to the, the EU, um, you know, the legend Yuzon Vong? Oh, no. It's not. Yeah, well, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping not that. No, I took it to mean Snoke, you know, and there was something, I mean, I guess this is mentioned on, early enough on in the book that it, to me it sort of explained why he was seemingly ineffectual against the rebels in, in rebels, you know, is at some point he had teamed up with Anakin Skywalker and they don't give you any details, but he did this and then he has a meeting with a guy where it looks like his, the big picture goal is that he's not worried about the empire. He's worried about this other thing and it's all a ruse. And it's like, Oh, is this supposed to explain to us why he couldn't kill anybody worth killing in, in rebels. Hmm. So Thrawn had worked with Anakin Skywalker as Anakin Skywalker. Yes. And that made him like bad at his job. No, what I meant was is, so 
man, I don't want to wreck the book for everybody. Okay, so if you've maybe, not yeah, read the book, stop listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now. don't, don't. Don't drive too close to the edge. Like, say, say right. what you can but say as vague as possible. Okay, basically, he did some undescribed team-up with General Skywalker, and he's referred to as General Skywalker when he's talking about it. And he, for whatever reason, he was put where he was to be picked up by the Empire on purpose. It, you you think that he's, well, this is going to ruin. <laughs> you think he's been stranded there by his own people. He's been exiled. But in truth, it was whatever he had going on with Anakin Skywalker that led to him being placed there to be picked up by the Empire to sort of infiltrate their ranks and rise to the top in the ultimate effort to protect his own people, um, the Smurfs. And he <laughs> he, he, he goes from... From that to where he seems genuinely concerned about the Empire, you know, everything he does appears to really work out for him. But then there's this kind of side story where he meets with his enemy and it really looks like, hey, man, I'm I'm really here to help, you know, save the chips, his his race, not not help the Empire. So my long game is this this was all smoke and mirrors that, you know, happened to make this happen, but his long game has nothing to do with the empire. That's interesting. Mm. It sounds like, it sounds like Tim Zahn is uh, kind of doing a different take on the character to make him more heroic. Yeah, and uh, that's that, what I was wondering. So, so I'm like, is this why at the end he, you know, in the season finale of rebels that he, you know, didn't take him to the mat. He had, every opportunity to do it. He just, you know? He's like good at heart and he just didn't want to, it's like, no, these are all like 12 year olds. Maybe I shouldn't. And they've got the giant <laughs> moose man helping him out. And what's up with right. that? Maybe he's, wait, maybe he's waiting for Ezra to finally learn his lesson first. <laughs> I got to say, I love the accent that they gave him in that show. I know some people criticize it, but I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it sounds great. Yeah, I like it. You know, it's very you know, finally, finally some professionalism in the voice acting on Star Wars Rebels. Oh no, I'm not. I, uh, no, I didn't say it that. <laughs> I'm just how did, how did you turn room. that into something bad? I just pointed out something good. That doesn't imply that everything else is bad. Because I've got mad skills. <laughs> <laughs> Stop preying on my insecurities. You know. <laughs> so, um, Eric, what would you give um, out of five on the uh, the five star level? Five stars being highly recommended, one star being must miss. What would you give Timothy Zahn's fraud? Um, I would say like a, a 3.8. Wow, that's point very eight. specific. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but that well, sounds good. Yeah, because three is too low. Four is just a little bit too high. And but like oh, three, you know, three point five. That's it's closer to four low. than three, though. Right, okay, so, probably so, three point seven. So to make it easier for you, a seven out of ten. Uh, sure. Yeah. 
ringing no, actually be ringing endorsement. It'd be right on the book jacket. It'd be. <laughs> yeah. I give it a three point eight, maybe <laughs> maybe three point seven or seven out of ten. Eric Struthers. Right. Mm. <laughs> Well, Eric, thanks for your call. Um, and thankfully, you get to edit around um, any spoilers that you gave out on the uh, on the call. But I think you're pretty good. I think you're pretty good, buddy. But um, I will talk to you online probably very soon. Right on, man. It's good to talk to you, Ramo. Yeah, always. Always a pleasure. And uh, make sure you check out the bad motivators good star wars chat yes, i like is. that it um it goes off in some uh different directions so let's try 614 who are you and where are you calling from hey steel and robo this is king tom from columbus ohio how are you guys doing oh my good king god tom. The royalty of the Star Wars internet is here. What have you got for us, King Tom? Well, I, I do have I do have a question for Robo, but I also have something uh, for you practicing, and I need to know if I got it right. Kookaburra. Kookaburra, I think is how Steele said it. Kookaburra. Yeah. Kookaburra. 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 Okay, did I get it right this time? It sounds pretty good. I, and and, and, and okay. I, we, I think as the listeners know, I'm not the person to go to for um, diction. <laughs> well, you're, well you're, you're better at the Australian end than I am. Oh, beaut, mate. That's a cooter compliment. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay. So, uh, anyway, for Robbo, um, yeah. I know you're very well-versed in... Uh, you know, historically, the making of Star Wars, the development of the stories, um, and that you know that's something that I've gotten into. Also, um, do you have uh, of all the drafts from any of the movies that you know of? Do you have something uh, scene, character, idea that was discarded and never used that you would have liked to have seen used? in one of the Star Wars movies? Hmm. You know, I mean, I gotta, I gotta say, like, they're running out of stuff to, <laughs> to go back to the well to. Uh, yeah. You know, like, I was certain when they showed Saw Gerrera with the prosthetic uh, stuff that, that at one point he would sacrifice, like, a battery from his bionic <laughs> arm or something because that's something that the uh, general character does in like the early drafts and it, it sat right. like there's a line in there that's taken from those drafts where he says there's not much of me left to kill or something mm-hmm. like that which is a, a paraphrasing something like so they're getting down to even down lines of dialogue <laughs> at this point yeah. um yeah i don't i what i would like to see would be uh i'd like to see them take the the vader revenge plot uh the vader plot against the emperor that was completely discarded to return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see them do that with Kylo Ren. I'd like to see Kylo uh, uh, get to kind of make good on that that promise, because that that's literally something that is mentioned in Empire Strikes Back, which is, if not the most popular, the most highly regarded. Although it's not my favorite, um, it's it's the line at the very end, and it never comes back again. It's it's completely ignored and. Knew that uh, Larry Kasdan was really upset about that. Um, mm-hmm. So, and he he kept on bringing it up in the in the Return of the Jedi story conferences. Like you you said that you have to do something with it. 
and uh, mm-hmm. and Georgia assisted that they didn't have the time. Um, mm-hmm. Got to fit in those uh, those Ewoks and the Luau and everything. And um, yeah. you're on thin ice, I mean, buddy. Yeah, it's yeah, I, but I think George is right. If you're going to wrap up the whole saga in, in one more movie, you don't really have mm-hmm. time, and that's a good reason not to wrap up the saga in one more movie. But you know, we uh, time heals all wounds, and here we are. Star Wars Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'd like to see that. I'd, I'd like to see uh, 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 Kylo just literally take out Snoke, not as a redemption thing, but as like a power play. And maybe he fails. Mm-hmm. And maybe like he becomes a more dangerous villain because he's really out on the edge and has nobody to back him up and, and nothing to lose or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. how, how about that? I think that's a good answer. Yay. <laughs> the, the thing I love about finally going into the future of Star Wars is just that you just have not like just the unlimited possibilities of who can battle who that it all doesn't have to, you know, wind up in this spot to fit in with the next film is honestly. Uh, yeah. It's so exciting. I kind of hope they, they ditch the trilogy concept because it's, it's, it doesn't serve a purpose anymore. Like you just make them, you know, sequential episodes that happen now. And, and it, that way you're not like expecting something major to happen in episode nine because it's the end of the sequel trilogy. No, it's just, it's episode nine and there's going to be an episode 10 and like, who knows what's going to happen? Anything can happen. I think that would restore a lot more like excitement um, or, or at the very least make us feel like anything could happen. If, I, I think if you po- I, I like the trilogies and I, I, I would sort of hope that they wrap up the sequel trilogy and then go do some other fun Star Wars stuff and then maybe in 10 years, five years, come back and and continue on with, you know, those guys in the future, have a bit of a time jump and see what happens. And I think the trilogy, having them sort of as a trilogy, I don't know, it, it helps, I, I think, sort of, I don't know, spell out the adventure, like, like that it's not just a movie, but like having like, here's an arc over three movies that right. in some way kind of wraps up at the end of it. I, I kind of like yeah. that. I see what you mean, because otherwise it, it becomes like the Avengers or something where it's like, who knows, it could go on, you know, and uh, it's, it kind of loses some of its uh, specialness, I guess. But I, I was just assuming that they're going to keep making these things until people get tired of them. Um, but yeah, yeah. If, they, if they have the restraint to like yeah. stop doing it for a while and take a break, then yeah, by all means, you know, that's it. That's a good and, point. And, and, and I don't mean stop doing Star Wars films, but, you know, jumping off to another part of the galaxy, a different timeline um, or not, not a different like timeline, but a different place in the timeline. That's probably uh, better said. Uh, yeah, and then come back to the, the, the ongoing saga. And I don't know, I think having it as a trilogy also like gears up excitement and then makes the announcement of the next trilogy like that that sort of rekindles the excitement sort of thing. Yeah. Like to have I guess, it, I guess what I hope is that they don't wrap everything up in episode nine because I, I really don't like that. Um, I feel like that is a it's, a, it's a very artificial kind of way of telling the story where what would be great is if they lead everybody to expect, oh, it's episode nine, it's going to end the sequel trilogy, then they'll, they'll, they'll do a new trilogy. And then you like throw some real like 
you know, I am your father type type thing in there. And it's like, oh, whoa, no, this isn't over. That, that would really, because people would not be expecting it. What isn't over, Rob? The party? The party is not over. Yeah, that's it. It's like suddenly, like a, like a, like a 72-year-old Sam Jackson shows up and goes, oh, this party's just getting started. <laughs> and it's like all bets are I think- off. I think the trilogies are easy for us as fans to follow. And I think it also gives them the license to do, you know, once nine is out, they can do a time, even if they release it five years later, they can do a 30, 50, 100 year time jump. So I think as long as they plan it out, even if it's like Marvel does with the phases, uh, as long as they have a story planned out, if they keep the trilogies, I'm great with that. If they, decide to do it another way, I'm fine with that too. Mm. I, am, I am pro Star Wars, so I agree. Yeah, see, um, yeah <laughs> I want more. more. <laughs> Keep making good but, movies. That's, that's all I ask. Well, what did you think of the end of Return of the Jedi, Robbo? Is that, was that like a, a good enough wrap-up or oh, like, would, would a, a similar ending um, I don't, please you or make you run about the internet in a, uh, a spur of passionate fury yeah well go back and listen to you know it all this is all a big cycle so we just kind of did a like a ouroboros like snake eating its tail thing where you could go back and listen to my first appearance that's probably gives you a pretty good idea of how i feel about that um <laughs> but don't hold it against me if you if you hate me like just you know remember, remember i get redeemed as the story goes on just remember that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, excellent. King Tom, uh, we've got um, probably about another 20 minutes left on the open time, so I've got a couple more calls that I will get to, but thanks for your okay. contribution. It's always cool to have you on the show. Nice to finally talk yeah, to you, Thank King you Tom. so much for having me. Yeah, nice to talk to you My. too, Rob. My pleasure. And let's go to a Skype caller. If you are on Skype, who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, Steele, it's Andrew from Melbourne. Hey, Andrew, what's going on, man? Not much. I didn't want to miss this opportunity to interact with Robbo. How are you, Robbo? I'm, uh, I'm good. Good. Having a good time. How does it feel, uh, Robbo, that I'm people don't want to miss an opportunity to interact with you? I got I to gotta say, I was sort of... Um, when I heard... Uh, uh, are you the same uh, Andrew who called in on the last show and uh, mentioned that you, and then Steel broke the news that I was going to be on the next one? And uh, was that you? Yeah, or that's that, me. I'm possibly, yeah, I saw, possibly okay. your, your biggest fan. Yeah. 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 I remember um, that was a weird experience for me because <laughs> I'm just not used to, uh, at least not in this sphere. Like I have another show where people have unreasonably high opinions of, of my you know, words that come out of my mouth, but um, not in this context. So it was, that was, uh, that was, it felt good, but, but uh, kind of embarrassing at the same time, <laughs> but don't, uh, don't stop. Just keep uh, massaging that ego. I need it. Don't we okay. all, don't yeah, we, we all. We can do that. <laughs> you got a question? Uh, yeah. What's on your mind, Andrew? I do. It's actually a question for Steelo though. So a bit underwhelming there, but it just occurred to me during the week, Steel, that. I don't, don't uh, worry. Robo will chime in. Good, good. <laughs> As expected. Um, what, what are you going to do if we get to The Last Jedi after all this build-up and Luke Skywalker does, in fact, pull out a lightsaber, but he hashtag ignites the blue? Hmm. 
what, what um I think steel why would it be stroke. why would it be blue? <laughs> like what's the what's the like what like what's the scenario that it's blue? Gee, I haven't really given this as much thought as I probably should. Well, do you mean he's um, using the old lightsaber sure. or that he's modified the, the new one? What about if he turns on the lightsaber, ignites it, and the color is Snoke? Just Snoke, holograms <laughs> out of his lightsaber. <laughs> That's right. And Snoke's like, I don't think so. Well, always- the whole thing. It just, uh, the, whole, the whole thing shuts down. Then, like, the TIE fighters come in. I wouldn't see that coming. <laughs> well, look, I've always been a big fan of the green as well, Steel. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you with this hashtag Ignite the Green campaign. I'm, I'm not trying to derail it. But having said all of that, a lot of time has passed in between wherever we are now in the timeline and the end of Return of the Jedi. And any number of things could have happened to Luke and the green lightsaber in between now and then. And then you do also have the scenario whereby Ray appears on the hill with the, you know, original Anakin blue lightsaber. And Luke says, oh, hang on a sec, that belongs to me. Hand it over. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Steele? I don't know, man. I just... I think Ray's going to ignite the blue. Luke's going to ignite the green. Steel's going to ignite getting kicked out of the cinema when he screams. It's, uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I, so you're not I, I entertaining like, this possibility at all, Steel. I, I do like that, you know, all these, um, you know, loyal listeners just seemingly love to interact with me either on Twitter or on Facebook or call in. And their one goal was just to troll me that my one wish in life isn't going to get true. So, so thanks, everyone. That, that's, that's cool, man. Thanks for the support. Just a little, you know, I'm just carrying on the dream of little four-year-old me. And um, you all just want to burn down my dreams. Good work. Good work. You all belong on the internet. Comedy is pain. This is what you do. You're the king of pain. Oh, man. Uh, I know. You, you should have rethought that career choice. <laughs> um, oh, man. I think that tell me, tell me about it. I'm, 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 I'm making the prediction now that Luke will never touch that blue lightsaber again. I think that she's going to hand it to him, and that's what we, because we want to know what would be the most interesting thing to happen when he, he says, it doesn't belong to me anymore. And then he could explain at a later point in the movie that he lost that lightsaber because uh, he was foolish because he rushed into something when he wasn't ready. He didn't listen to the people who knew better. And he uh, was uh, nearly killed and, and the galaxy nearly ruined. Uh, and he lost it for a reason. And that every time he ignites the green, it reminds him of his uh, foolishness. And, uh, and so, you know, he doesn't deserve it anymore. He, I don't think he's going to touch it. Oh, my God. Hearing Luke Skywalker explain Empire Strikes Back to Rey... Oh, that would be awesome. That would be so good. He'd do it at a critical point in the movie, too. He wouldn't just do it, like, right there, like, as soon as the movie starts, I think. But, uh, you know, that's, that's how stories work, is you always want to know what the most interesting thing to happen is. That's, that's what should happen. And with the Ignite the Green thing, um, not, not, the, not the rain on your parade here, Steele, but I, I don't know that he's going to do it, because I, I think, one, they want to save something for episode nine, but also I, I think they really want their, their, 
the goal here is iconoclasm, and I, I think they want to do something interesting with the with the character that has never been done before. And you know, Yoda didn't keep the lightsaber. Um, you know, like because at a certain point, maybe you just don't need it. Uh, I was really, I gotta say, I, like uh, not to not to dump all over Attack of the Clones again, but I, it broke my heart to see Yoda light that lightsaber. Uh, I really. I, I've never gotten over that. And it's just, it's, it's something about, um, it's not just like, Oh, th- these movies don't live up to my, ex-. it's just like the character. I felt like it's, it, it meant something to me that he was this like guru who lived on the swamp planet. And I thought he'd been there for the whole 900 years. And that if you wanted to really learn how to be a Jedi, you had to go to Dagobah and seek it out. And it's like this Pi May thing from Kill Bill, you know, and you had to, he, you know, and I just, and he had this, this sage advice and, and, all, and, and when he, when he lit up, he's like, Oh no, I, I have to light up this weapon because it, it, it just, I, I felt like that was a, I don't, I don't want to say anything too strong because I know there are plenty of people out there love it and it, you're not wrong for loving something that uh, like that. It's, it's, it, there's a perfectly valid reason to, to, to like, it, which is that you like it. Um, but, uh, I, I felt, um, Personally, it just, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I, maybe I can't explain it. I'm choking hmm. up over here. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, it would be awesome to have that retold. And, and, and uh, you know, I could also see the scenario where he's about to tell the story and then he, he calls for C-3PO to come in and explain it, like, better. Because <laughs> no one tells a story, like, you know... C three. He like calls him, literally calls him up, and it says, "Okay, we have to wait around for like a couple of weeks, and then he'll get there." And then, yeah, yeah, and they could just have he, a montage of them fishing and stuff like that, just passing the time. It'd be funny if he like the first words out of his mouth is like, "Oh yes, the story, right?" And then he starts out and you walk easy. He's, "Oh no, wait, old data." And then he like, uh, "Cheering me too." Yeah. <laughs> Um, Andrew, thank you for your slightly controversial question. And um, if you're around, come to my um, come to my garage sale next Saturday, and uh, we'll have a great time. <laughs> Thanks, it's, it's, good, it's good to meet you, Andrew. Oh, right. Keep it up. Thank you, Andrew. We've got about 20 minutes left on the stream, and I think we've got a special guest. 310, who are you, and where are you calling from? Hello? 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 I was wondering if you got that fancy cape and if that's going to be uh, available at your garage sale, dear boy. I would oh my never God, really with, really I would I would never sell my fancy capes. Never. <laughs> See that's 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 what people are they're wanting me to say. They're wanting me to say in Steele's voice. Oh I would never sell that fancy cape ever. <laughs> hey you guys Steel And I'm here to tell you to call in and let's talk Star Wars. That's my terrible Australian that is accent. Not bad that's pretty good that's pretty good i dare say you might be pretty good at this voice acting thing i have a future ahead of you i have to spend more time with steel and i could probably get him down even even better you know i i usually when i'm when i'm doing somebody like cushing or guinness or whatever i listen to hours and hours of dialogue before i start to even attempt it so this was just a a a quick down and dirty but Colleen and a lot of people online were uh, were uh, suggesting that uh, not suggesting, demanding that I actually do steals. So there you go. <laughs> it's pretty good. 
Uh, well, thank you for that, Stephen Stanton. I do like that I'm spoken in the same breath as um, as Guinness. That is uh, that is great, yeah. and it's wow. and, that's alcohol, and that's not the beverage we're talking about. For those those of you just tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Now I was um I was I was glancing at the chat room and I saw you say that you did work on a Batman pinball. Which which pinball no, was no, that? No, it was the slot machines, not the pinball machines. The slot machines. Ah, oh, okay. Now, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know, do you know what they're called in Australia? The slot machines. No. What? What are they called? Pokies. Going down the pokies. Uh, I thought it'd be like Dollary Do or something like that, like <laughs> or, or or paycheck machines or something. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, so Stephen, when you're approaching a character like Batman who has no definitive voice, what? How do you do it? Well, first off, I wasn't doing Batman. I was doing. Um, where's my? Uh, can I say who I did on the Joker? Uh, on the Joker machine. On the Batman. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think I think it just did. So without without revealing anything, I think you might know. Okay. Yeah. Right. Go. Go. You can have another glass of wine. I'm going to be trusted on the Colin show. <laughs> So there you go. All is revealed here on Steele's Call-In Show. You're going to get the, the stuff you'll never hear anywhere else. My lawyers will tell you that, for sure. <laughs> You're not oh, no, to be credited? I wasn't doing Batman. Is that, is that I wasn't doing Batman. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Leave it at that. And, and, so, and, and, and by your clues being so uh, uncomplicated, <laughs> you're definitely not playing the Riddler. No, not the Riddler, not the Riddler, or the Penguin, or Egghead, or the, or any Egghead. of those, uh, other. Oh, that's too bad. You could have done a Vincent Price, right? Oh, that would have been wonderful to do. Uh, you know, but Egghead was invented. He was just invented for the TV show. He wasn't in the comics. He may right. have showed up in the comics later, but uh, you know, that's like I don't know if a lot of people know this. I'm just going to throw this in. It has nothing to do with Star Wars or Batman. But uh, you know, in the in the DC comic world, uh, or rather universe. Uh, kryptonite is something that is the one thing that can take uh, Superman down. That was actually invented for the radio show. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, that's Superman. right. Yeah, and then they incorporated into um, into the uh, the comics. But yeah, it was a, a device invented for the radio show. There you I've go. Heard the, okay, I've that's, heard the that's same cool. thing about the Batcave that it was invented in like the the, the newspaper strip. And, you know, you could be right on that. There's I, I so don't many. Know. There's so many things. My my brother, who's a huge Batman fan, he actually uh, got to meet Bob Kane in person and have him sign a bunch of stuff for him. And I was so uh, envious of it. It's like, wow, you met like a man who's really legendary and brought something into fandom and and all that culture. That you know, God, I don't think Bob Kane would have, would have even imagined that Batman's still going even stronger now than he's ever been. You know, you see, yeah, this, this stuff just doesn't go away. It's it's crazy. So, so- so where did Batman hang out before the cave? Did he have like a bat tent or a bat caravan? What's going on? He slept in his car. You know, I don't... Bat car in his car. Like the, like the dude, you know, in the, yeah. the big... <laughs> you know, what's funny is that if you ever read the first Batman comics, he actually carried a forty five automatic around with him. And uh, he would shoot people. And, and yeah. uh, he was a little bit ruthless than he, than he uh, became later on. 
Luckily, did they changed it ever, so the other guy shot first, and then Batman did he ever shot shoot, first. Like on solo. Did he ever shoot someone and say the party's over? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I will tell you this: in one of the first uh, issues of Batman, and I know this because my brother had all this stuff. There's like there's some sort of a mad scientist who perishes in the flames of his laboratory as it explodes, and Batman says, and I quote, "A fitting end for one of his kind." Wow. Yeah, that's pretty that is, ruthless. That is, uh, that is pretty, yeah. It's pretty brutal. It's like Han Solo flipping the coin and saying, sorry about the mess, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of putting words in characters' mouths here, um, I, I, um, I'm glad you're here because th- when I first heard that you were d- uh, doing uh, uh, Tarkin um, for, the, for the cartoon, I was like, oh, man, that reminds me that my, when I, uh, I used to play the um, old uh, uh, X-Wing and TIE Fighter computer games where they'd have, mm-hmm. like, uh, they'd have like these briefing <laughs> things. They were like fully voiced, right? Mm-hmm. And so they'd have like a, an Imperial officer being like, you know, Delta Group so-and-so will go to such and such a place and then rendezvous at Navbui 10. And, you know, they do this whole thing. And my brother uh, would loved nothing more than to come up behind me when I was having a difficult time. And in his best, Peter Cushing be like, may I make a tactical suggestion? Fire a laser beam. And just, you know, something totally inane. And, and he would do that. It, it, it frustrated me a lot. And then he kept doing it. And, and it got to the point where his games had nothing to do with Star Wars. He'd, may I make it? No, you may not. No. Fire a laser beam. You know, like that's, that's, that's Tarkin's solution to everything, I guess. <laughs> so if I could, I was like, man, if I, if, I'll never get Peter Cushing to say fire a laser beam. But I, I could get Tarkin to do it. So... That's my one request, and I, I will uh, donate uh, to the Starlight Foundation in, in, your, uh, in your, yeah. Well, then I will uh, I'll say it right now. You may fire a laser beam when ready. You oh, may fire a laser beam when ready. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. You got the trill in there. You got the roll the R. Oh, uh, it's, okay. it's the R. You know your R, Stephen. Well, you know, and I have to talk to you guys about this because I don't know if any of you guys have ever read Peter Cushing's autobiography or even better, listen to it on Books on Tape, which I actually have a copy of where he reads his autobiography out loud. Peter Cushing talks very much about, you know, he he was very aware of that, the way he spoke with the trilling R's and something. It was something he affected to get into acting school. When he tried to, it was a very, very young man. He went to a very renowned acting school. I don't know if it was in London or, or somewhere not too far from where he lived. And he remembers the, the secretary letting him into the office, and the headmaster of the school says something like, you know, why do you want to be here? Why do you want to be on this, you know, do what it is you want to do? And Peter Cushing says, and he says, he goes, witnesses to the event said it sounded like this. I said, I want to be on a stage. <laughs> And, and, the, and the headmaster said, get out and don't come back until you learn how to talk, until you learn how to speak. And the secretary took uh, sort of like, uh, she's like, all right, I feel sorry for this guy. She gave him a whole bunch of exercises to do. And he said he would walk around, you know, in the park saying, how now, brown cow, you know, interrupting people, making out in the bushes and things like that. And he developed that because he said he had a very sort of a, a very unsophisticated English accent. So he developed that what we all hear in the films uh, so he could get into acting school, which is why 
when I was studying the accent and the way he spoke for, you know, the Clone Wars, I always found inconsistencies where he wouldn't always do the same pronunciation all the time. And it was because it was something, it was something, it wasn't, it wasn't um, something that was uh, organic. organic to him. It was something that he, quote unquote, put on, but came, became a part of his persona. But it wasn't natural. It wasn't the way he grew up speaking. So it's a really interesting story. Well, to me, yeah. <laughs> Wow. So in a way, he was a voice actor himself. He was. And let me tell you something. I have recently, if you can ever get your hands on it, it's still around there. In 1971, Peter Cushing did the audiobooks of The Return of Sherlock Holmes. He originally did it for an organization which is like, out here in the United States, it would be called something like uh, Lighthouse for the Blind, where you read books for people who are blind. And he did these audiobooks of The Return of Sherlock Holmes, and he does all the characters. He does American accents, he does Scottish and Irish and everything. If you've only seen Peter Cushing in the movies, it is a revelation to hear him do these audiobooks. It'll blow you away. Uh, that sounds like an endorsement. I, I've got to hear that now. It is. They're published, I think, the, I'm sorry, I, I was just going to say they're published, I think, most recently by a company called Bafflegab uh, in the UK. So, um, sorry to interrupt. That was, I just wanted to put that in there. The thought of Peter Cushing doing an American accent just sounds, like, unbelievable. To I bet it sounds better an, than a real American accent. It is. It's funny when you listen to do his American accent, you can catch touches it's it's just like any any of us from, from different countries. You can always catch your native accent coming through, and you can do that with his American. But it was so unexpected because I've read all the Sherlock Holmes stories and I love them all. And uh, this was, I think, the um, can't remember the exact title. The, the 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 something of the dancing men, the tale of the dancing men, mm. or something like that. He does an American accent in that one, and it's 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 worth it. I would say go out and buy it just to hear him do an American accent. And he does Scottish and, and Irish and everything else. It's, it's wonderful. And you get to see a whole other side of him as an actor. But can he do Steel Saunders? Can he do Steel Saunders? I was just asked. That I don't know. Well, we may never know the answer to that question. I, I like it how you're running your own call-in show there in California. You've got a little audience <laughs> of people chiming in with suggestions, a little chat room of your own. We have a the, whole bootleg um, thing. We're like, hey guys, come on in. We've got to talk about Batman slot machines and pinballs and pokies or whatever they're called over there. And uh, yeah, then next we're going to talk about Battlestar Galactica, my favorite show. And uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've mastered the Australian accent. Is there any voices? In Star Wars, that you've like, what? What's the hardest one for you to do? Well, I, I don't know because I haven't attempted them all. But I will say my uh, the one that I've always wanted to do and just never had a chance to do is I've always wanted to be the first person to get a chance to get a crack at doing the voice of Lobot because I think he's just the coolest character. How do you what think he'll sound? I don't know. I don't know. And Will Row Hood is another good one too. We all want to hear him. We want to hear what this guy has to say. Well, we're on a hunt for Will. Roy. Yeah, we're we're going to track him. Talk to Linda. Talk to Leany. They'll tell you about our talk about Will Rohood the other night. Well, you because you do a droid. You do droids. So if you, Lobot's yes, like, he's droid. like half droid. Yeah, I don't think 
Wilrohood qualifies as an actual droid. We droids know who are and who aren't completely mechanical. Do you think Lobot is like, sounds like a, does he sound like a person doing an impression of a droid or a droid doing an impression of a human? Here's what I think he uh, sounds like, because I think this is what he's inspired by. I think he sounds like Donald Pleasance in THX 1138. Uh, yeah. Which is like, I, I want to talk to you about leaving the uh, Cloud City, Lando. I think we should all get out while getting is good. Don't you think that's a great idea? Don't you think so? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think he'd um because he's got those headphones on all the time, he'd talk really loud because his like sense of volumes all thrown off by <laughs> like having his beats by Lando on the entire day. You know he might I will tell he'd you like, this. What? Imperials <laughs> here Evacuation what? Evacuation what? Will Row what? Tell Wilro to grab the ice cream maker. We don't want to be without ice cream wherever we end up. <laughs> there's, there's the slot machine laugh when you lose. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. We've got um, only a couple minutes left on the feed. Stephen, you are yes, just... You are bringing joy into the hearts and minds of Star Wars fans the world over with your uh, your promotion for the Starlight Foundation and um, and your awesome giveaways. Has it been fun? I, I, I think it's really cool that you give, uh, you know, the signed figure or the, the photo or the DVD, but you also call people up. How is it doing your own little mini call-in show podcast with fans around the world? Well, it's a lot of fun, and Steele, I have to thank you and your followers for joining in and helping us spread the word about Starlight. You guys, you and your followers are the absolute best, so there's a lot. I salute all of you because you're just as on board as we are in helping to get the word out about Starlight. And so, Australia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've backed everybody. We, we have backed a lot of people, and it's, you know, Australia's, uh, you know, arm of Starlight has been a great inspiration to us as well, and so... You know, we, uh, yeah, it is. It is how we found them. Absolutely. Australian Starlight is how we got introduced to the organization. They're so big with the Star Wars community out there. So uh, we want to give a a shout out to everybody out in your continent. Yet you still use this hurtful interpretation of our accent on the Internet. This is how you repay us. I have no idea what you're speaking about. This hurtful thing to me, it is all—it all comes from the heart and a love of uh, of everything from down under. I mean, uh, Steel, you know, you and I and Dutch and Kathy and Jacqueline, we're all going to get together for a glass of vino over at our favorite place when you when you're back over here. I yes. <laughs> we all know who Snoke is. We'll have a, a nice chat about that. Ah, oh, yeah. We we all just sit back and laugh and like we can't believe they don't all know it's wicked. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. By the way, um, I, I do want to mention before you sign off here that I've noticed that your chat room has, uh, <laughs> for for better or for worse, have labeled me Stanto now. Ah, oh, Stanto, nice. Nice, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, I cannot wait for uh, for that glass. And thank you, Stanto, and everyone at Team Stanto for all the good work they do. Uh, Kathy and Dutch and the squad. It is very appreciated. I'll talk to you next month, my man. Uh, I look forward okay. to it. We'll all do a walkabout together. And in the uh, the words of uh, Kenobo, Kenobio, may the force be with you always. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Robbo, we have got 48 seconds left on the feed. Uh, sorry, we had a couple of people uh, that we oh, did no. not... Uh, have time to get in but that's that's fine as the show gets uh, more of a following it's going to be super hard i would like to thank you robbo for all your contributions to the call-in show uh over the months and thanks for co-hosting today thank you to all our patreon supporters that allow us to do the bonus show and with 15 seconds left to go i would like to say may that fall be with you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that two hours of call-in show action for the Steel Wars patrons. Uh, there will be no normal episode of the Steel Wars podcast this week as it is a travel week as I'm heading back to LA, which if you are a savvy listener will tell you We'll probably be getting some sweet, exciting, Californian-based interviews done very soon. We've got some good ones. We have got some good ones on the way. But do not fret about the lack of new episode because we will have a new Q&A and a new Making Seal Wars with Jason Ward this week. And if you are stuck for some listening, why not go back and listen to one of the classic interviews? One of my favourite ones ever. Episode 16 with my now friend, Mike J. Nichols, the Phantom Editor. It is a fascinating story about just a very huge Star Wars fan professional editor who decided to uh, make a few nips and tucks to The Phantom Menace after its release on video. And what happened as a result was a firestorm he could not have imagined. Private investigators trying to find out who he is. Kevin Smith getting accused of being him. It is a crazy story and and a very interesting one when you are appreciating the prequels. So I highly recommend going back and listening to classic episode 16 with Mike J. Nichols, the Phantom Editor. But sit tight. As I said, there'll be a Q&A and a Making Steel Wars with Jason Ward this week. Thank you guys so much for your support of the Patreon feed. I hope you're enjoying all the content and I truly, truly appreciate you chipping in each month to help production of this hopefully fine podcast. May that force be with you.
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net.